All right, here we go again. This is another edition of Crazy James Speaks. I am your host, Crazy James, and today we are going to talk about an event that I have loved for just about my entire life. Today, we're going to talk about the North Country Fair. Now, what is the North Country Fair? Well, it's it's a folk festival. It's been called the, the greatest folk festival that nobody knows about in Alberta. It's small and intimate and just a wonderful, magical place where people come together. And I mean all sorts of people. There's a lot of people think, oh, that's hippie days. Well, yeah, I guess technically you could say that it's hippie days. It was started by a quote-unquote group of hippies. But I find the term myself, I find the term hippie days to be just not, it doesn't encompass everything that's there. It's a weekend of peace and love and music and it is the most beautiful three days of the year. Now this year, we're not having the North Country Fair because of Darth Covid. Which frustrates me to no end. And it was actually supposed to be this weekend coming up, which would be the weekend of the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, however that works, or however the weekend falls. But that's the weekend it was supposed to be here in 2020. And it's not happening, like I said, because of Darth COVID. So there's lots of people who are really, really not happy about that. And I'm among them. This year was going to be the 42nd North Country Fair. Would have been my 40th. The only two fairs I missed was 1987, 1988, the 9th and 10th year of the North Country Fair because I was away at private school. And and there's just no way for me to get there. Other than that, I've been at all the fairs. I was at the first fairs. And, oh, there's so many stories. And let's just start telling them i guess it's the north country fair is currently and forevermore located on what is affectionately called the land and what this is is a piece of property down in the drift pile valley here in alberta and when you go down there you can just feel the love from that land as a side note this piece of property and other property that the association that runs the fair owns was back in the day owned by my grandfather when he came back from the first world war he got a couple of quarters of land and over time acquired other parcels of land including the parcel of land that the north country fair is currently situated on so for me the fair has become even more personal because of that tie that I have to it. So, so there's that. It's down, down there on the land and it's, oh man, like how do you describe it? You, you come through, you come through on the road, there's trees on either side and then it just opens up into these big fields and there's, the Driftpile River runs through it. 
And there's just this calming peace that comes over your body when, and your soul when you get down there. So that's where the fair is right now. But that's not where the fair always was. When the fair started 42 years ago, let me, let me clarify that. When the fair officially started 42 years ago, it was in the baseball diamonds in Jussard behind what was then known as Tony's store. And even then it was, it was great. I mean, it was, it was a baseball diamond and a big field and they had this big military style parachute that kept the sun off of people. That wasn't the first year, but they acquired that because they thought, you know, everybody's going to get sunstroke if we don't do something. The parachute led to other issues later on. But, uh, you know, when you're five years old, running around at the North Country Fair, five, six years old, I can't even remember how old I was. Five, I think. All the kids that were there, they were, these are the kids that I got along with growing up and we could just be free we could be kids and there there was then as there is now all sorts of people looking out for you and everybody's best intention is at heart so that's where it started it was it was in a baseball diamond essentially and an open field behind the store in Jusart. and it was it was there until 1982 was the last year there they decided in 1983 that they needed a different location. So they went down the road in Jussard, down the road, and down to this spot by the lake. Now, it, it, was, it was a nice spot. For years afterwards, Mother and I went there to pick berries. She was poking around in the bush, and it really was. There's a lot of bush huge wide open area but it was right on the lake and if you know anything about the north country fair you know that it almost always rains at the north country fair and 1983 was no different it rained all weekend like friday was okay until the evening it started to rain and then oh my goodness it just never stopped and it rained and it rained and it rained on the monday after the fair what had been used as day parking was literally in the lake and they had to use tractors to get vehicles out of there and the weekend after the fair the weekend after the fair where main stage was was underwater so that site was considered to be no longer viable for the fair and it moved to Spruce Point Park in Canuso and and that was pretty good they had big baseball diamond area and rodeo grounds out there they had too it was just a big area and and that was that that was all right the lake was close there's lots of camping and so that was okay but then, after being there for five years, 84 to 89, they, um, they couldn't be there anymore. 
it the the agreement to host the fair there just wasn't working out for the association so they had to find a new home and they found that new home back in Jusard not at the old site but on what used to be the mission site in Jusard and I'll tell you the first time I walked onto that property went up the big road to basically the gate and walked out and there's a big flat area up top and then a bowl and in this bowl it's it's a big hill at with a creek that ran through it into the lake stages at the bottom it was really a, a natural amphitheater and it was beautiful i walked there and i was instantly in love with this area and it the fair was there for a very very long time until again it became no longer viable to have the fair there because the agreement between the association that ran that area in Dusard and the fair association, they just couldn't come to an agreement anymore. There, there was not enough camping. There, there was limited access to areas to camp and it just wasn't working. The association had several years prior to this actually purchased a the property where the fair is currently held and they'd been slowly in the process of developing that area to ultimately move the entire event down there well their hands were forced and they had to move it and so and so they did and i believe that was 2005 and somebody's going to comment on here and correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure that 2005 was the first year that the fair was down in the valley and it was it was you know as soon as you went down there as soon as you went down there you could feel again that this was going to work it was touch and go maybe that first couple of years but you just had a sense you could see the vision of how everything was going to work just the way it's set up there's so much space for camping you can have all of your guests you can have all of your vendors, you can have your stages, and everything, absolutely everything, is is just, it, I'm almost at a loss for words here, but it's perfect. It's so beautiful down there. And the fact that it was my grandfather's farm at one point, which was called Del Meadows, and I tell everybody this, it's Del Meadows, okay? Um, I love it. I just absolutely love it down there. So that's that's the fair where where it's been, where it is now. Um, what does the fair mean to me? Well, I, I've said it a few times. There's that that sense of peace and love and acceptance and community that everybody feels when they go to the North Country Fair. Everybody goes to the fair and they experience it differently. But it all means something to everybody that goes there. And if you haven't been to the North Country Fair in a long time, let's say the last time you were at the North Country Fair was when it was in Jusard. I promise you, it's better now. Because yes, towards the end when it was in Jusard, things were getting a little chaotic and out of hand. But where it's at now, 
because of the space, because of the way things are done now, the vast majority of those things just don't happen anymore. So give it a shot if you haven't been there. Last year at the North Country Fair, I ran into somebody who I've known my entire life. Uh, I went to school with with his kids, uh, Lloyd Marshall. And I was talking to Lloyd, and it was the last day, and we were kind of, Don and I were taking the, the tent down and saw Lloyd. So I talked to him for probably 20 minutes, half an hour. And, you know, we just talked. And, and Lloyd said something, and this is, and I believe this too, and I've said this. He said, you know, th- this is what I like about the fair, is just talking to people. There's so many people who, like, they go to the fair and, and they overindulge in various products. And, and hey, if that's how you want to experience the fair, hey, that's fine. That's great. I'm not judging. When I go to the North Country Fair, I go for the people. There are people who I only ever see at the fair. I call them fair folk. And despite the fact that I only see these people once a year at the North Country Fair, they are very dear to my heart. The entire Vance Lake family. And if you're listening, I love you guys. Okay? Uh, All of you, you have done so much for me over the years. And yeah, I'm going to tell some stories about Vance Lakes. So it's coming. Uh... There, there's this other guy from Edmonton that I see there, Jason, great big bear of a guy, head to toe in, in fur, it's not even hair, it's fur, and I love Jason, and I always come up with some sort of smart-ass thing to say when I first see him there because of this, but great guy, um, oh, there's so many people that I that I see there, and there's other people that I see throughout the year, but when you see them at the fair, when you see people at the fair, it's different. The whole community of the fair brings people together. It It's kind of like the force in Star Wars. It surrounds us, it penetrates us, and it binds us all together. This feeling of community and love and compassion and empathy that happens at the North Country Fair. So that's kind of what it means to me. It's just this sense of community. Like Lloyd said when I was talking to him last year, it's the people. It's the conversations that we have with the people there. I have had some of the most amazing conversations with people at the North Country Fair. One year, I was talking to somebody... And this is something, too, at the fair. Lots of people get very little sleep because, hey, you might miss something. So you stay up really, really late. And I was talking to this guy. And if you know me, I am... I have always in my life been that guy that voted conservative, voted Canadian Alliance, Reform Party. You know, I'm I'm that sort of mentality. And by and large, the people who... Especially the people who organize and run the North Country Fair, they, they tend to be more NDP-leaning, which is fine. But I was having this conversation with this guy, and I was actually starting to get through to him. And he said, wait, no, I have to go to bed. 
Well, what do you mean you got to go to bed? We're having a great conversation here. I'm starting to agree with you, which means that I'm far too tired. So it's time for me to go to bed. And I've had more com more than one conversation like that at the fair, but it was just that one in particular where he said, I'm starting to agree with you. It's time for me to go to bed. So I found that to be amusing. And I tell that story often. So stories from the North Country Fair, you know, there, there's so many. I, I could probably spend two hours telling stories about the North Country Fair on the first site when it was on the baseball diamond behind what was then Tony's store. I think it's called Jerry's store now. So shout out to Jerry's in Jusard there. I remember flying a kite. Well, let me rephrase that. I remember trying to fly a kite and I'm running with this thing and I'm trying to catch the wind and it's just, you know, it's tough. I'm having a hard time with it. And finally, finally, I, I got a bit of a breeze. But as I was running with this thing, there was a vendor's row. And it was like a bird coming in. And everybody was ducking. And if they hadn't ducked, I, I would have gotten one of them in the head with the balloon. I told you the story about how in 1983, down on the, the beach... If the fair had been held a week later, it wouldn't have happened because it would have been flooded out. So, I mean, there's that. It just rained and it rains at the fair just about every year. The running joke up here is, is it raining this weekend? The fair is this weekend, isn't it? Yes. Well, then it's raining. It doesn't matter what the forecast says. It's going to rain if it's the North Country Fair. Out of all of the fairs that have been, it has only not rained at five of them. And at three of those fairs that it didn't rain at... It rained for 6 to 12 weeks prior to, well, 6 to 8 weeks, let's say. Let's not get too carried away. But it rained for weeks prior to the fair, so the whole site was mud stroking off anyways. And, you know, there's lots of rain stories. Uh, on, on the new site, well, the new site, sorry, the mission site, in 1996 which was a year that it rained for, oh my goodness, it rained so much that at one point you couldn't get the juice hard from High Prairie. Didn't matter which way you went because both the Drift Powell River and I think it was the East Prairie River had kind of gone over and the road was closed. Ultimately, that didn't matter because it went down, the roads were open and it was good. But that year in 1996, I remember I told you about the creek that went through the property and drained into the lake. Well, 1996, it was running backwards. Now, if you're used to seeing a creek run into a lake, to see it going backwards, it's one of those things that just messes with your mind on a level unheard of. Because you're looking at it, and everything looks mostly okay except this thing's going backwards so that threw me for but i mean that that's a story from there also on that mission site the only thing left from the mission and i think it may still be there was a a root cellar essentially it into the dug into the side of the hill and and shored up with the concrete and everything 
and they would keep all of the food in there for hospitality for the green room and if you're not familiar with how these things work i mean it's really it's just a hole in the side of a hill with a door and you'd go in there and it could be really hot outside it was cold in there it was very very cold in there so your food kept it was it was a natural fridge it was wonderful very handy to have i got here's another story from the fair there was this the one of the main gates they called it the post and they built this big structure there and right in in front of it there was a little triangle of a rock of concrete that that stuck up there and people would always trip on it trip on it trip on it well one year they happened to have a backhoe there doing some work and they said let's just get this rock out of there well remember this is the old mission site and one of the things about the mission sites everywhere i'm told before they built anything they poured a generous amount of concrete and i mean lots of concrete well this was the biggest chunk of concrete rock that they'd seen it was huge they figured that this was going to be about a 10 minute job it took them well over an hour from what i'm told to to dig this thing out the you know the 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 new site this could have been bad but it's one of it, it was a almost a bad thing but it, it this goes back to the whole community thing and it really it may it makes me laugh and cringe at the same time the Driftpile river was very high this one particular year as i'm sure it is right now because it hasn't stopped raining and my wife and i got there and we always camp right right on the edge of the the river and so got a there's a little bit of a path that goes down and sometimes there's people that can swim in the area or canoe and there's these three kids so we get out of the car there's these three kids in this canoe on the drift pile river when it's in flood mode now the drift pile river and drift pile itself are so named because that's where all the driftwood piled up at the mouth of the river when it would dump into the lake and so, of course, there's always lots of deadwood that's floating down this very fast-moving river when it's high. So there's these three kids in essentially an inflatable canoe. <laughs> None of them are wearing life jackets. None of them are sitting in this thing properly. Because I know a thing or two about piloting a canoe, having gone to private school. And done these canoe trips, which is what caused me to miss those two North Country fairs in 1987 and 1988. So I get out and I'm looking at these three kids in this canoe. And Ronnie, the traffic coordinator, comes up next to me and we look at each other. And I look at these kids. I say, what in the hell are you doing? Well, we're going to go canoeing. I said, okay, stop. None of you are wearing life jackets. None of you are sitting in this properly. You're going to dump. You're going to get pulled under. You're going to die. And it's going to be bad. They started giving some lip. I started pointing out 
all of the things that they were doing wrong, they start giving lip again. The girl that was with these two guys said, guys, maybe we should listen to him. It sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Because believe it or not, folks, I do actually know what I'm talking about from time to time. Was able to convince them to get out and... But it, it was... Here it goes back to the community thing, right? How many places are just going to let these kids... Well, it's not my problem. It, so, and these were older kids anyways and should have known better. But, oh, oh, here you go. Here's another great... This is a great story. That one wasn't so great. This is a great story. It was 22 years ago because... Karen wasn't born yet, but Dawn was pregnant with her. And we're at the we're at the fair at the mission site, and I would always hang out with the first aid people and chat with them because they're great people. And this little boy, like two or three years old, just comes maybe two, I think, comes wandering up naked as a jaybird. And nobody around him. And we're like, okay. Well, hello, how are you? And who are you? Well, I'm... I can't remember the child's name. We're, for the sake of the story, we're going to say Johnny. Uh, okay. Where are your parents? I don't know where my parents are. Okay. Well, what are their names? Mom and Dad! Okay, well. At this point, I looked at Dawn and I said, Look, our kids are going to know what our names are. And, and they, they did. They, in fact, have used my first name time to time from when addressing me. So they, being the first aid tent, they had they had diapers available. They put one on this kid. And I said to Dawn, I said, well, let's go for a walk. She said, okay. We start walking. She says, where are we going to go? I says, we're going to go find this par- this kid's parents. Well, how are you going to do that? I said, we're going to walk down this road, and the first panicked parent we're going to see, we're going to tell them where their kid is. Now, it's going to take about 20 or 30 yards. Well, it took about 10. And this girl comes running up to me. James, 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 have you seen a little boy about this big, you know, about two years old with a diaper on? I said, well, he ditched the diaper. He's up at the first aid tent right now, and they're taking... Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean... That was funny. And Dawn's like, how'd you know that was going to happen? It's, well, you know, you just know these things. Um, I'm going to tell, uh, tell a story about how I met Van Slykes. Um, just an absolutely wonderful family who I have loved like you wouldn't believe. Um, I, I volunteer at the North Country Fair. I have ever since 1990. Because after coming back in 1989 and paying to get in, I thought, I don't want to pay to get in. I'll work to get in for free. And so I did that. And in 1990, I ultimately ended up on the security team, which was run by uh, Chip Fitzgerald, another great guy, and Dave Van Slyke. And I, of course, didn't bring anything to sleep in because I'm not going to sleep at the fair. I'm going to stay up for all of it. I might miss something. So after putting in a couple of security shifts, I I was a little tired and, and I came out. 
went back to where the camp was for security, where Van Sykes had their trailer. And I just kind of laid down on their picnic table. I was going to sleep. <laughs> and Dave, God, I love Dave. He opens up the camper door at some point after that. And he looks at me sleeping on the picnic table. And he's like, Carol, there, there's a guy sleeping on the picnic table. And Carol looks through the window. She goes, oh yeah, that's James. Who's he? He works for you. Ugh. So this is how I um, was really introduced to Vance Likes. And uh, I worked with Dave on security for, for years. And, uh, you know, I learned so much from from Dave. Dave's philosophy of security was, you know, hands off. And that, that should really be everybody's philosophy of security. Hands off. Make sure things don't get completely out of hand. But you can do that by just stepping back, you know. In all the years that I was involved in security at the North Country Fair, I, and it was a long time, I can tell you, never once did I throw a punch. I didn't have to. You don't have to throw that punch. You just have to be aware of the situation. Now, to be fair, I ducked a few, dodged lots, but if you can talk the person down and that's really all you have to do is talk them down and, and I learned that from Dave and where this really came in it was, it was after Dave wasn't doing security anymore in fact they put me in charge of security what were they thinking right and it was early early on either Saturday morning or Sunday morning and in front of the post where everybody would come in there was camping around there and there was about to be a situation and there was lots and lots of people who were really, really loud. I mean, like maybe a hundred people and it was going to be a situation. And I had myself and four or five security guys with me and I'm watching this situation and somebody behind me, they said, what are we going to do, James? I said, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out because these two groups, they're ready to go. They're mad at each other. And before I had to do anything this tent opens up right kind of in the middle of all of this ruckus that's about to go down and it, it's, it's a fairly large tent and it you know the zipper comes on and this guy steps out and he looks around at what's going on and he steps up to a guy like you know the guy that came out of the tent he surveys the situation and he walks up to this one guy and he goes Hi, my name's Bob, and you're fucking up my sleep pattern. And then he just stared at the guy right in the eyes. Didn't do anything else. And the guy's like, oh, oh you know, my bad. And he left. And this guy looks around a little bit more, and he goes up to another guy and says, Hi, my name's Bob, and you're fucking up my sleep pattern. And that guy left, and yeah, he might have done it, well, maybe three times total, four total. Just took the right people out of the situation, removed them from the... And then, you know what? That whole thing 
that whole situation just defused right there. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got kicked out. It was just find find that person that is the the center of it and you just take them away gently. You take them away gently and you just talk to them, especially at something like the North Country Fair. Because you can take them away and say, look, man, what are you doing? Well, I'm pissed off at him because of this. Well, great. Why don't you just go over there and you just be there and he's going to go over there and he's just going to be there and you don't have to see each other. And that diffuses so many situations. So, I mean, I love that story just because just because the guy coming out of his tent and diffusing the whole situation. Um, and again, I, I, I learned, I, I could have gone in with my guys and tried to be really physical, but no, Dave taught me that you don't need to do that. Um, it's hard for me to talk about Dave because we lost Dave last year before the fair and I love that man. And I love that family. So if you guys are listening, I love all of you. Um, <laughs> you know, the what I take care of now at, at the fair is, is radios. Uh, we have the two-way radios that you can... Because it's a big event, right? And so it's spread over a large area. And you need to be able to talk to people everywhere to coordinate things. So I'm the guy that's in charge of the radios getting them, distributing them, and bringing them back. And one of the problems with radios has always been getting them all back at the end. So, uh, at at Dave's last fair, it turned out, at the end of it all, on the Monday, I went to the fair grounds, to, to the land, and I had all, I got all of the radios. I, I had picked up most taken most of them out on the Sunday, went on the Monday, got those that were left. And as I'm leaving on the, on the Monday, as I'm leaving, I saw Dave and I said, Dave, guess what? He's like, what? I said, I got all of the radios, every radio, every belt, every holster, every mic, everything is accounted for. He's, <laughs> Well, how the hell did you do that? I said, I'm really anal about giving them out, keeping track of who has them, and keeping track of them during the week. Well, that's good. You keep doing that. So that was that. Was, uh, that, was that. Look, if you've, if you've never been to the North Country Fair, I strongly encourage you to come. There's something there for everybody. Can I take my kids? Absolutely, you can take your kids. You don't have to worry about your kids. I said earlier, I said, do, do kids go missing at the North Country Fair? Eh, I prefer to think of it as kids ditch their parents at the North Country Fair because they are having so much fun. They really, truly are. I have had, over the years, many parents... James, we lost our kid. Our kid is missing. Or, you know, and it, okay, well, you just start looking. And and you find them. And you know what? They're playing with a bunch of kids that they just met. And they are having the absolute time of their life. 
And this is what I tell every parent that comes up that says, my child is missing. Well, okay, your kid ditched you. No, my kid doesn't act like this. Have you ever been to the fair before? No. Okay, trust me. Your child is okay. Oh, man. I'm sure I'm missing things. People talk about the acts that come to the North Country Fair and their favorite acts. And, you know, the only act that I can myself really, really remember is Fred Penner. And I don't mean Fred Penner from when I was a kid. I mean Fred Penner in the last five years kind of thing. He did he did a tour, right? And he, he's been at the North Country Fair a couple of times. And I just love Fred Penner. I'm 47 years old. And I'm listening to him talking about the cat coming back. And sandwiches. And garbage. And so many other of his classic songs. And his sets are the ones that I go out of my way to go and watch. Because, hey man, it's Fred Penner. And for some people, hey, they they want to go for all the bands. And that's great. You know, and people talk about uh, Dr. Draw and Mad Bomber Society and the McGowan family. And I've heard bits and pieces of their stuff. But for me, the music is the backdrop to the people. Where I take care of the radios now, they, they put me in a, the information booth. So I'm really central. I get to see people. I get to talk to people. And, and that's the part that I love the best, is just seeing these people that I only see once a year. <laughs> um, you know, I've got this thing that I do. I, I take a roll of duct tape, and it started, I can't remember how many years ago it started, but... It was on the land, and I took with me a giant roll of regular duct tape. Why? Well, because it's duct tape, and you can always use duct tape. But I would randomly tag people with it when I was talking to them. And, you know, I'd be talking to them, and I'd just nonchalantly tear off a piece of duct tape and put it on the back of their badge that they wear because you wear badges if you're coordinators or performers and stuff like that or I'd affix it to a brim of a hat or on a pocket or on a rubber boot I would do on the edge eh? and they're like what the hell is this "Uh, well you know I'm just tagging you you know because I'm talking to you and then the next year I brought a great big roll of red duct tape and after that then I started to bring patterns of duct tape and this kind of this is this is my thing and people what do you do well it just means that you've talked to talk to me and i've seen on the the north country fair facebook page where people are talking and then they're like what's the guy with the duct tape yeah what the hell is with that and and then one of the fair people that have been there forever will say oh that's james he does that why well because he does and it's just it's just my thing so if i've talked to you at the north country fair randomly and just you know put a piece of duct tape on you it's just a random thing that i do it makes fair memories i have every year at the north country fair what they call fair moments well what i call fair moments and it's just this moment that makes my whole fair 
And a couple of years ago, I was in line at hospitality on, I think it was on Friday, and I was, there's a man with his son there, and uh, they were, we were talking, I can't remember, well, what's your favorite movie kind of thing? I asked the child, and he's, I don't know, three, four years old, what's your favorite movie? And and the dad says, what's your favorite movie? And he says, and he's just kind of shy. And he says, your favorite movie, Star Wars? And the kid just smiles real big, right? And I'm like, your favorite movie is Star Wars? And then he gets a little shy because I'm a, well, I'm a tall guy, right? And, and sometimes when I get really enthusiastic about something, I can be overbearing. So... Your favorite movie is Star Wars. My favorite movie is Star Wars too. Ever since I was about your age. What's your favorite song from Star Wars? Like the music. Now, do you like the Darth Vader music? Dun, dun, dun. And then the kid starts doing the, the Imperial March. You know, dun, 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 right? Oh my goodness. It was, it was just, it's wonderful. And, there, there's so many. Oh, I could talk forever. I could talk forever about the fair, and it hurts. It hurts that this weekend we're not going out there. In fact, today that I'm recording this is is Wednesday, and you know I would have been going out there probably tomorrow night. Would have been when I would be headed out there with a car full of radios. I would have been out there a couple of times already, handing out radios, talking to those people that I only see once a year, who I love dearly. And yeah, you know, there's there's a hole in my heart this year. Just like I know there's a hole in a lot of our hearts uh, because we're not out there. But this Saturday coming up on Spotify, there's going to be... something you can go on the and i god i i wish i knew it off the top of my head but i didn't write it down there there's going to be a like a fair event and i think it starts at one o'clock and if you go to the north country fair fan page it's it's on there that they're going to have this event and you know what we can all come together and and virtually be at the fair together you know, the the longest day isn't long enough and the shortest night isn't short enough. That's that that sums it up, you know. The uh, the spirit of the fair lives within all of us. Uh and and the love that is generated on the land by the people. It can be everywhere. So, you know, hey, thanks for listening to me go on about, about the North Country Fair. I, I hope you enjoyed it. If if you've got some comments that you want to leave, uh, hey, by all means, please do. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this one a little bit more than I do with my other podcasts. Uh, I'm gonna put this on. I'm gonna I'm gonna share the link on the North Country Fair fan page. In fact. Um, if you've got your own special memories of the fair, hey, I want to hear them. Uh, I, I love hearing fair stories. I love hearing how people 
come together and they meet old friends and they fall in love at at the fair and and it lasts forever and you know that's that's the beauty of it that's the beauty of the north country fair the north country fair is love for everybody for everything love and peace so may the fair be with you and we'll talk to you next week on another episode of crazy james speaks and for all of you fair folk that are listening to this happy fair may the fair be with you and we will see you on the land next year